When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. It is a road show on Hale Varsity Radio down at the single barrel. Chris Schmidt and the coach, Hall of Famer Jeff Smith, Elijah Herbal, and that moustache back at our ESPN studios. Single barrel inside the graduate. They are open for you. It's a late tip tonight. Nebraska, Minnesota. I'm not guaranteeing anything, but tonight could be the night for Nebraska basketball. And uh, many of you are playing your prices right uh, sound effect in your head. Uh, maybe uh, maybe you're on your way down. It's uh, it's a drastic difference in attendance in January, but through the first 16 home games, Nebraska fans, God love you. You were uh, there and uh, through thick and thin, and uh, Nebraska's not won since December 22nd. Jeff Smith will work through the uh, the issues with me at Nebraska basketball. Elijah also have some thoughts. You can chime in 466-377-76-800-825-5865. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Coach J Smith and at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And uh, can always email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. So we'll talk a little bit about uh, what's ailing Nebraska basketball, the why Saturday and uh, the what tonight, if it can be uh, uh, finally a, a conference win. Husker football, dare I say, relegated to Friday night football. Uh, boo on that. Husker baseball, Will Bolton Company, uh, get it going here a week from Friday and we'll hear from Coach Bolt. Well, Coach Smith, it's good to be with you. Thanks for coming down. Uh, there's 250 whiskeys Nebraska fans may need to dive into before the 8 o'clock tip-off tonight. Mm-hmm. There's steaks. There's a, there's a big old butcher's board. Peanut peanut butter whiskey. Peanut butter. You, okay, you want a screwball? I might. Okay. <laughs> might take a shot before you, the game. You, 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 might, you might need to limber up. A lot. We've already made Elijah Elijah's upset. He, he just got the hell out of here. Oh, my God. They're talking whiskey and basketball. Hey, I heard baseball sold out, by the way. Yes, they did. That's they reserved big. seating. Uh, well, that, we got something to be excited about then, don't ab- we? Absolutely. Yeah, and and Will, be... Will Bolt is, is, well, he holds his guys accountable. And let's just dive into this buffet of of misery uh, with Nebraska if, if basketball. Well, you you tell me, man. What what do you see? And, and let's talk about the why. And, and listen, uh, it's been a rough week for Fred. It's been a rough week for the kids. Uh, they have a chance to do something about that tonight. I think the Gophers are favored by, what, one and a half points tonight. Still, they're favored on the road. 
So we'll get there. Mike Babcock in 20 minutes to talk some Husker baseball and uh, some uh, some Husker hoops. Uh, Mike Shuhart, Shuey will talk golf with us and no doubt have a take or two on Husker basketball. And then the pride of Ord, Andy Markowski, will join us. We are streaming live on ESPN Facebook, ESPN Lincoln Facebook, ESPN Twitter is also where you can watch us if your eyes can take it. Elijah, what do we do? You got up and you took off. Well, feverishly before the show started to make sure that we had Coach Bolt's audio for later in the show from his press conference earlier, and I had a tickle in my throat. I just needed a glass of water in the worst way. So, so I'd, I'd, I'd get that done while you and Jeff were, uh, were doing your thing. I could uh, sneak out for 60 seconds and be right back. So, so you're doing water. Coach wants a screwball. Um, it, it might be a Tito's night for me. We'll, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But, Coach Smith, uh, let's just kind of talk about the nitty-gritty. Uh, Saturday happened. Uh, the aftermath of sa- Saturday has continued to happen from coaches' show phone calls to social media to angry fans to probably not a great crowd tonight despite the, the weather and, and getting out for a February BTN game. Yeah, I kind of wonder. It seemed like the, we lost the fan base after the last one. I mean, you could tell by the radio show. It had been show. teetering. It had been on the, yeah. And I want to ask Elijah, did you have any feel from students? Do you think the students have totally given up? Are they just coming for a social aspect and see a little basketball, see the opponent? Or or are they going to give, you know, this team a chance and, and come back and, you know, get a little loud and, I, I'm, I personally feel like tonight, I'm optimistic about tonight. I'm an optimistic person, but if I look at matchups and they're strong at guard heavy and so are we, um, I think we have a chance tonight. But let me, how about the students, Elijah? What, do you have a feel for that at all? I, I, there's obviously the, the students that just need something to go do on a Wednesday night and they're going to go show up, but it's not going to be the, the students that come out in numbers that actually care. I mean, I remember back to my, my freshman year of college where uh, a lot of these uh, conference games, you'd be getting that entire section bet- uh, behind the hoop filled up with students, and now you're lucky to get 15, 20 students behind that hoop. They can fill it behind the benches probably, and those are the fans that uh, are down-home Nebraska boys that just love the love watching the Huskers. They, they always show up for football games, always show up for basketball games. They, they want something to do on a Wednesday night. But the, the general student populace, I, I don't think, cares all that much. We'll, we'll, we'll see how baseball season comes out. But it's just been one of those years that – Coming back from COVID, the Husker football team wasn't that great. Now the basketball team isn't that great. It just doesn't feel like there's that much interest in the athletics department as a whole from the students this year. You uh, know it's over, and I'm not suggesting this is going to happen or has happened, but if if it's a a, a dry tuba section tonight with the Nebraska band, uh, well, you know, I'm I'm tested positive for COVID. Can't be there. (laughs) You know it's it's over. But that's that's the question. Is the fan base gone? And... um, tonight may be the biggest game in the Hoiberg era and and that's hyperbole to some and it's a reality to others because you don't win tonight you probably ain't going to win the rest of the year you're at Iowa you have Maryland uh you're at Northwestern you have Iowa at home I know Ohio State got rescheduled that's another roadie to Columbus they're top 20 good they're a they're a five or six seed so between the matchups fellas it's not good uh, your team's not physical. They don't match up well. They don't play well together. Uh, they don't do the little things. Uh, they're they're not real interested in boxing out or taking care of the basketball, even in close games against some, some tournament teams. And then to just kind of roll over and keep getting kicked against Northwestern when it comes to the, to the perimeter defense or letting the offense 
uh, affect your defense. I just, for the life of me, the hardest thing to watch is a team not respond to their coach. And the hardest thing to, to see is a coach not be heard by his kids. And, and that's what it's looked like more than once this year. Yeah, as a coaching staff, high school, college, the ones, the coaching staffs that I was part of, the biggest thing, especially after losses, first thing you question yourself, did we play hard? And then was it a collective effort that our whole team played hard? And then was it, how, how was our scouting report? Did we pull the right, did we push the right buttons on our scouting report? And are we playing the right kids? You know, was another early question you ask after some a loss or two in a row. Um, and, and I always pulled stats of the top 10 teams. Mm-hmm. I, I would want to know, because kids can fluff their stats against the bottom teams, you know, especially high school level, but even college level. Coach Nee would also, we would pull stats. If we played top 40 team, maybe the top 40, in those games, what did he do in the, against the top 40 teams or top 25 teams? Because that tells you a lot. Um, tonight is actually a chance to change the lineup if you want to. They don't have a power four man that's good, a rebounding animal at the four. They play battle, who's six seven, um, more of a three. You you could, if you wanted to, you could take Lat Mayan out of the out of the lineup. You could insert C.J. Wiltshire, who's our best three point shooter, probably big enough to guard a three or four in this game. And their top two scores. Our, our, uh, our battle and Peyton Willis guards six seven and six four, and Iowa kind of attacked those guys. Battle played poorly against Iowa. Now was that a one game thing, or is he going into a little slump? Let's hope. But I would, I honestly tonight I would consider playing a triangle and two for part of the game and guard those two guards, try to take their top two scores out of it and see if somebody else can beat you. Um, but this this is a game that we do match up, and we match up inside pretty well. You could change your lineup if you wanted to tonight. And, you know, you lose 12 or whatever Big Ten games in a row, I'm changing my lineup. And I am I know try Coach Hoiberg. something. Yeah, and I'm, I'll try a triangle and two. Coach Hoiberg is, you know, I still think he's a great coach. And, you know, I, I really do. I think I think – if, if he stays around, I think he'll get there. I think he's got too much pride and too much intelligence, too much experience, knowledge, not to. But, um, but tonight is a chance to make some changes, and I would change some things tonight and see if I could shake it up a little bit. Well, and you just laid out how a successful and Hall of Fame coach attacked the, the problem, the issue of a loss or a couple of losses in a row, and you did self-inventory. You, you you yourself looked in the mirror, you looked at the prep, you looked at, did I put the kids in the best position to, to better? And then hopefully your team does that as yeah. well. I don't, I, I have no doubt that, that Fred's looking in the mirror and probably sleepless, honestly, trying to, try, trying to get things figured out. Uh, I know there's some guys on his staff that are the same way that this is killing them. Yeah. It's, there's it, some real competitors on his staff. And I think there's maybe a, a, a handful of guys on the team that this is just wearing out. I think C.J. Yeah. Wiltshire and, 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 and the McGowans, uh, th- this is probably wearing Derek Walker out as well. And then there's some guys that are just, they're just here. They're just here. They're just kind of biding their time, whether it's uh, an NBA tryout, uh, or or lottery pick or 
it's uh, a contract in Europe or maybe it's I'm going to transfer to a 48th different school, whatever. I mean, that, 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 is, that is an issue. And role acceptance was uttered a, a lot mm-hmm. before the season mm-hmm. as probably a, a storm cloud or two that was out there that's been a reality. And I think this, this staff and this head coach thought they had a better team than they really did. You need to really take a look at just your your roster construction and acquisition because you've been off. You have been off more times than not with the kids you're bringing in. Not just does their talent play at the Division One level in a Power Five league. No, a lot of it hasn't translated to what type of teammates am I bringing in? Yeah. And, and I think you've got above all. You've got chemistry issues, and then you, you compound losing and then blowing out, and then there's just some kids don't have the fight. They're like, screw it, I'm out. Is this thing over yet? Yeah. I, I text former assistants or guys I worked with a lot during games and stuff, and we were, this last one, we were texting that, you know, I, Coach Hoiberg said we can't practice the, tomorrow because we have to have day off. I said, what about tonight right yeah. after the game? <laughs> we'll see you at the Hendricks, boys. Or, or or go watch film right after the game and send a little message that this isn't acceptable. I'm sure they've done some things like that and probably don't make that public. You know, sure. I, I, I'm sure they're, you know, their pride's hurt. They're desperate. But, you know, something like that sometimes get their attention that, you know, I, I know I, ha- I didn't ever get off the bus and tell them to go get their practice gear on on a, on a road game. We were tempted a few times, but at the high school level, we didn't do that. But didn't I know coaches that have done that. Did Danny? No, we had meetings. We had some long meetings in the ready room when we got home sometimes, but we didn't ever go on the floor. But there weren't as many mandatory days off, so next day might be a little brutal. Um, that would be hard. That'd be hard to wait 48 hours to, you know, get your message across. And you but. could hear that in his voice. Um, yeah. Just real quick here. We'll get to Babbers in a moment. What's what's your reaction been to the, the fan outrage between radio shows and social media? I think it's a buildup of football, basketball, you know, a few years, you know, here combined. Yeah, yeah. I, we, we all had our hopes extremely high. We're thinking, yeah, Coach Frost, Coach Hoiberg, how do we get him? I remember three years ago sitting at home thinking, okay, we might not be good the first few years, but three years. Give me just three years. I want to see what it's like. Well, not a whole lot's changed. I'm not sure we've gotten better. No. And I, especially you're, you're basketball worse, right you're now. Worse, you're worse than you were with, with Jimmy. Yeah, here. you are. And, and, you know, you were talking about chemistry and things. I know I was listening to Matt Painter in an interview, and I'm sure Nebraska is. I wanted to call in Coach Hoiberg and ask him, do they do any kind of personality-type test I know Purdue does. He talked about it because um, a couple of their kids, he said they wouldn't have taken, but their personality, their their indicators from this company that's pretty expensive, I think, um, indicated that that they could, they would fit in perfectly to their team and to Coach Painter's personality. And I'd kind of, I'd love to know if Nebraska, and we're, we seem to be cutting edge on a lot of things, you know, with the with the monitors we wear and all that stuff. So I would assume they do, but. Um, I think that's important, that chemistry, that character, that, you know, and especially here at Nebraska where people expect that in the Midwest. Um, that's got to be, lose, that's gotta be a factor. You may lose, but you're not going to quit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's that's an idea. I mean, uh, psych eval, <laughs> right? <laughs> hey, you're, 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 putting the, you're putting your career in their hands. You're putting your fan base in their hands. Um, those are big decisions when you're taking guys. You've got you to do your homework, and I'm sure they are. You know, I – 
but I hope they are because they, they've got to get some better fits, I think, to Coach Hoiberg and, and Nebraska in general. But it doesn't well, feel like they are. No, it doesn't. You're, you're right. going down the same road. That's why I'm questioning that. Mm-hmm. Questioning that. You're going down the same road reaching for, okay, we're going to win. We're going to out-talent you with all we bring in. But uh, And there's three guys that come to mind the past three years that have been – I think locker room issues or two alpha for the rest of the crew, and it just didn't it didn't flow together. Down here at the Single Barrel Roadshow Wednesday, real red tip-off going on. Come grab a steak and a beer before Nebraska-Minnesota, or just have a steak and a beer and watch Nebraska-Minnesota. Elijah Herbal back at our ESPN Lincoln Studios. Chris Schmidt, the Hall of Fame coach. Jeff Smith, single barrel, inside the graduate. We roll forward here. Mike Babcock next on Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for hanging out. Roadshow Wednesday down here at the Single Barrel, Hale Varsity. Uh, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We're inside the graduate. The Single Barrel is incredible. Uh, the Thick, the thickest of thick steaks. The uh, the pork chops they have here. It's got a little peanut butter uh, giddy up to it. I'll go with my peanut butter whiskey. Th- they'll go with uh, Coach uh, Smith's screwball. Did, Jeff did you Smith tell here. Tell about the butcher block we ate last after well, the last show. We uh, well, I I've, I've bragged about it. I told Elijah, Elijah about, about it. it. Oh my God. Yeah, I'd rather not hear about it to be honest with you. As oh. I'm chained up in the studio down oh, here. <laughs> it, it was uh, two steaks. It was ribs. It was brisket. It was. Bread, it, and it had and some, a couple well, of hamburgers too. Yeah, well, two the two yeah, burgers, the and then what did we have? We had that that uh, that sauce, oh, Bernays. Yes, Bernays. Oh, yes, it was it was on, it was all meat. It was like an oh, all meat. It diet. was it was wonderful. Pure protein. Next time we're gonna invite Babbers down. Mike Babcock with us from HaleVarsity.com and Magazine at MD Babs on Twitter. Babbers, can we interest you in some ribs and some steak tonight? Yeah, I'm sitting here listening to you guys talk about all those good food. And I'm sitting here looking at a computer screen. Now, that's not fair. Well, bring the computer screen on down here to the single barrel. We'll we'll make it happen, Babbers. They talk about basketball, and you got Coach Smith there, and you're going to have Andy Markowski on after that. What am I supposed to say? You're supposed to tell (laughs) (laughs) whatever you want to say, Babbers. I mean, we'll get to basketball in a minute. I want to get your thought on. Uh, say it with me, Friday night football. Yeehaw, uh, yeah, Rutgers, Nebraska. And what the heck? Yeah, well, uh, TV. <laughs> I know. Show me you the know money. What, no, I know. You know what it says to me? It says to me, and, and I have it written down here, uh, from a schedule standpoint, 
you have uh, Michigan State, Ohio State. You have Michigan, Indiana. You have Illinois, Iowa that week. I mean, it's like, okay, even if there's a Big Ten triple header with an ABC and an FS1 or a Fox Sports game, uh, Nebraska, we got no spot for you. How's Friday sound? Yeah, how's Friday uh, sound? How does, and the thing I don't like about it, the bottom line is, that's high school football night. Yep. And, uh, you know, let people go watch high school football. Don't put Nebraska on television on a Friday night. Don't have Nebraska plan. I just I want Friday night. Don't take over Friday night from high schools. Amen. That's southeast, southwest, too. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so selfishly. Selfishly. <laughs> but, no, I, I just – Nebraska will have a short week for Rutgers and Shiano uh, after the, the Indiana game. So you got to deal with it. You're already going to mess with uh, a week two ball game right after Ireland. So while the schedule is air quote more manageable – it's a little funky, Mike. Yeah. Yep. Uh, nothing is the same anymore. Uh, and, again, television makes the call, and uh, you do what you're told to do. Mike, uh, let's switch gears. A thought on Husker baseball. Will Bolt met the media today. And uh, what was a couple of your takeaways here with, with Bolt? And uh, the goal, of course, being uh, let's get to a regional, not only get back to a regional, but host a regional. Well, you know, last year the uh, the theme was gritty beats pretty, and I think that's probably the same thing. Uh, one of the things I took away, I, I was really interested to hear that uh, Kobe Gomez is, is going to be back at full strength, it sounds like. And, uh, well, that's a big thing if, if that's the case. Um, you know, he was a freshman All-American in 2019, then he had the arm problems. He was rehabbing from one problem and, and uh, had problems rehabbing and missed all last season. Um, but it uh, sounds like from what Coach Bolt said, uh, he's going to be back, and maybe he's going to be the guy that steps into that closer role that opened up when uh, Schwellenbach left. So um, I think that was a big thing. Uh, you know, there's a, we're going to see some new faces. There's no question about that because um, there are a lot of young guys and people are going to have to step up and fill uh, holes. But uh, I think there's reason for, for optimism, obviously, and you see the fans uh, feel that way because uh, they want some men's sport to be successful. To sell out all the reserve seats before the season begins, I think that's a good sign. Uh, passionate fan base. Um, all, the, all the things that you look at seem to be pointing in a positive direction. And Nebraska, I think, plays, what, its first 11 or 12 games in Texas. So you're going to get those games under your belt, have an opportunity to see who, what guys are going to step up and how your orders are going to look. Mike, uh, can we put words on just how much of an advantage it has been with the weather for Nebraska baseball to be outdoors. To, I mean, they're a week out from going down to to Texas and, and taking on some squads, but to be able to to be outdoors because of the weather, man, it really cuts down on on that field, doesn't it? To handle a grounder or you know just just you know be in baseball weather for lack of a better term. 
yeah, yeah, no question. And as uh, Coach, Coach Bolt said, that this is another thing I think is positive. He said, you know, they really felt like uh, they're hitting with some power. And, uh, you know, when you're inside, it's kind of difficult to gauge that because you don't know how, that, how those things are going. But you get outside and you have that opportunity. And it gives you an opportunity with your outfielders. You know, they're there looking at the sky and all the things that, that you don't have when you're, when you're working out inside, the opportunity to do some of those things. So I think it's, it's huge, uh, a huge advantage for Nebraska to have been able to do that. Uh, to continue to do that, I guess they're going to scrimmage again. Um, being able to do that outside is just there are just so many things that you wouldn't be able to do if you were if you were stuck inside. And this has to be a one of a kind situation. I can't remember ever when there's been this much uh, warm weather for them to do these things. Mike, Coach Bolt said in the uh, the presser today that, that he thinks the goal for this team this year should be to host a regional. But with all the, the veteran leadership that departed the team last offseason, when you look at Schwellenbach, uh, you look at Hallmark, you look at uh, Povich, just so many so many guys that were so instrumental to that team last year leaving. Do, do you think hosting a regional this year is still an attainable goal? Or, or is postseason still just going to be fine even if they don't host? Well, I think it's an attainable goal. Yeah, I do. Because... Uh, in, in part because of the potential for success, in part because you've got a great facility. Um, yeah, I, I think Nebraska has an opportunity to do that. Yeah, now are, are people going to have to step up, you know, maybe names that we don't know right now? Um, there's no question about that. But I think you've got some guys to build around, obviously. Uh, Max Anderson is a, is a really talented player. I think Bryce Matthews is going to be a, a special player. Uh, by the time he finishes, uh, Cam Chick has some experience. Um, Jack uh, Style uh, can play some first base, and, and and you know Kyle Perry, I think, is in a position where he can step in there. Shanahan is was a starter last year in the starting rotation uh, weekend, so uh, you've got some guys to build around. Uh, Everett, catcher, experience, uh, has a good relationship with the pitching staff. Um, I think you can build around those guys if you get some good leadership, and I think you're going to have that because uh, it's a reflection of the coaching staff. And, and the addition of, of uh, Rob Childress to the staff, even though he can't be coaching on the field or anything, uh, I think that's a big thing for Nebraska as well. So uh, I just think that there are a lot of pieces to the puzzle, and you put them together, and it looks like you have the potential to, uh, to host a regional. Mike Babcox with his Babbers. Uh, got a couple of minutes left. Uh, a thought here, a, a fun story as we remember John Sanders. He lived up and around the corner from me uh, in, a, in a cul-de-sac. Uh, just remember him uh, just being in the neighborhood a few times, a few Fourth of Julys. Awesome, awesome man. I know you really enjoyed covering him. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was a big John Sanders uh, person. I was sad to see uh, when he was when he was uh, dismissed uh, by Nebraska and not taking anything away. You know, Dave Van Horn did some remarkable things, uh, certainly, but, uh, you know, I was a big John Sanders uh, guy. He's an intense competitor. There's no question about that. And I always remember there was a little bit of chew always on his in his uniform <laughs> when, the, when the game got over with. But uh, intensity was what he, what he was about. And, and uh, you know, that... For a good share of the time, I think we've mentioned this before, but 
you know, Oklahoma State uh, just dominated the Big Eight at the time. Oh, yeah. Um, it was just a difficult time, and the structure of the uh, the College World Series was a little bit different. You know, regionals were different. So um, he got there three times, but he didn't get there from 85 until uh, they got rid of him. So, um, yeah, that that was a very sad uh, sad to hear about uh, Coach Sanders passing. Babbers, uh, a thought before we say goodbye. Does Nebraska and Fred Hoiberg get it done? What does the Babbers crystal ball say? I think they'll get it done tonight, and I'm terrible about predicting those things, so there you go. But I think they'll get it done against Minnesota. I think they might get it done in a couple games down the stretch. Um, if they can just keep it together and keep focus and try for, for the full game, you know, for the full 40 minutes, uh, have your have your best game on the floor for 40 minutes instead of just uh, backing off and letting things go during a stretch or two, and, and uh, that's what's happened, it seems like. Well, we've talked a lot this week about Nebraska basketball, where the fan base is at. Do you think it's beyond teetered, uh, it's it's tipped over and left, or do you think there's still a, uh, the, 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 you think there's still some fans out there that are going to stick with them? There, there are some that will stick with them, yeah. But I, you know, I I think that the, you know you see the attendance at the arena is not what it what it should be, and and uh, that's disappointing. I, you know, it, it I, I don't like what happened with the radio show. I don't like that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, uh, I think you, this is probably something they wouldn't say if he was in person. You know, it's easy to say over the over the phone or whatever. But uh, yeah, I, you know, I still think that Fred Hoiberg, like Coach Smith said, I still think he can get it done if he sticks around here. Mike Babcock with us. Find Mike on Twitter at mdbabs. Read him with Hale Varsity. .com and, uh, of course, Hale Varsity Magazine. Babbers will talk next week. Thanks so much for a few minutes today, bud. Thanks for having me. Enjoy that food dinner. We will send you a pic, and we'll save you a seat. There we go. Uh, good stuff from Mike Babcock. Down here at the Single Barrel Roadshow Wednesday with Hale Varsity Radio. Uh, single Barrel, get yourself a steak, a pork chop, a burger, something cold to drink. And if you're headed down to Nebraska, Minnesota, come by, say hi. We'll switch to some golf. Mike Schuart, Wilderness Ridge on the way with Hale Varsity. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, the coach, Jeff Smith, Hall of Famer, Nebraska and uh, Lincoln Southeast. We're here at the Single Barrel inside the Graduate. So if you're making plans for dinner tonight, uh, think about the Single Barrel. Incredible menu. Uh, the pork chops are dynamite. The butcher's block we, I will say, experienced last time with two different steaks, burgers, 
brisket, uh, some incredible r- dry rub ribs, the Bernays sauce, the bread. It was all amazing. It was it yeah. was incredible. I mean, I'm kind of gearing up to be hungry here in <laughs> two seconds. 250 whiskeys to uh, to choose from. Uh, if you're a, a rare whiskey guy, they've got it. If you're a beer guy, they've got it. Or gal, they have it. Uh, we will uh, effort here. Uh, Mike Shuhart, who we're working on, Shuey, uh, from Wilderness Ridge. Shuey was on the on the road a couple of weeks ago in Orlando at a uh, PGA Showcase event. No, Elijah, jump on the mic. Still no, tick off Shuey again. Still no, Mike Shuhart. I don't know what's up. I, He's given a late lesson. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, you asked well, a question about fans to y- to y- yeah. Mr. Babcock and myself too. I think Nebraska fans, at at the least, want to see effort. And I just yes. think, you know, I think this last game just kind of put them over the top that they just didn't feel like that that's typical effort of of kids that uh, represent our university. And, and you know, we, we, we built this team up quite a bit. I think that's kind of the problem with today, too, with social media. It's too easy to it's too easy to build and, and other people to build up. You know, they were already comparing this team to the best team ever in Nebraska without even playing a game. And Based on paper. To, to me, I took that kind of personal. I we bet had you some would. pretty good teams. Now, it would have been nice to win some NCAA, and, and, you know, then I would say no way. But, um, you know, and then you start buying in, and, and we didn't tell our teams they were good until they proved it. You know, we didn't, we didn't tell that 26-8 that and eight team. We didn't know how good they were until you go in and play some games. How can you? You know, so so that's where I think sometimes the buildup of the, you know, the the hype and the and the publicity and the, you know, and the university builds things up too because they want fans, they want excitement, and of course they do. You know, their marketing department's fantastic, but do we over market sometimes and over hype, and then fan expectations get so high? Well, well, of course we're let down. Then if we don't play hard, it it that's that's where I think the boiling point hit this this week. Th- that that is the dagger is are you going to play hard or not? And it's never, ever, you can get beat and blown out and out-talented, but Nebraska fans can tell and watch if it's an effort thing or a talent difference thing. And Nebraska's as talented <laughs> as Northwestern. They're as talented as, as Minnesota. They're right there against Rutgers. I mean, on a given night, it can it can go magical, and you can be within a, a three pointer of a team that's leading the Big Ten in Illinois, or right? Ha- has led, and we were at that game, so the effort's there. But it should the one can the one constant you should have always as a player, as a competitor, whatever you do, is is to bring it to the best of your ability and i know there are ups and downs peaks and valleys emotionally or physically i get that you can't be on a hundred all the time but as far as the 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 will to that willpower to push through and keep swinging even if you're getting your butt kicked is not negotiable and it's been with this team and that's why you're going to see five and change tonight potentially and some of that's a focus too you can see when they screw up a switch that it's his easy switch and they give up a wide open three that's that's a focus thing that you're not focused in communicating and that those mistakes this time of year are are unacceptable well you just don't care like i mean because it was between 
I mean, how many times on that stupid pick and roll, the high pick and roll, you're getting killed going under the ball screen or not yep. fighting through the screen. Or pick and pop, you don't switch it, and they right. just throw it back and, for and, a wide and, open look. And you've got Lat and Verge up there that have been easy targets this year yeah. for, for fans. But they they kind of look at each other and, oh, well. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's what... Yeah, that's, that's what's setting the fans off. Something else, because I, I like to I like to think, well, what what could we do? What can Nebraska do? And I, I would be tempted, and again, it's easy sitting here, and you know, instead of the big chair, but I would be tempted to say we're not switching tonight. You're you're assigned to to Peyton Willis, and I want you to to guard Peyton Willis tonight. You fight through screens. We're not switching. You're responsible for that. Yeah. Now, yes, you have to help when you're on help side and all that, but. Sometimes we overswitch, and then they're now they're posting Tamanaga, they're posting, you know, some Walker, and and, and, um, and that's that's starting to hurt us a little bit too. Nice Webster, kid, Webster, nice, excuse yeah, me. Nice kid uh, in Tomanaga, but just absolutely a misidentification. Yeah, um, big time misidentification, and he can hit a three here or there. But from a composure standpoint and just an, an ability. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, play, he plays hard at times, but it just yeah. comes down to an ability. And we're, we're just not talented enough right now. And, and her losing Breidenbach, like we were talking about off air, at that four spot, that hurts us. Because really, you know, I was hoping Lat would be coming off the bench trying to contribute maybe at a 3-4 because he's not a pure four, obviously rebounding-wise is one of his weaknesses. And, and I think – I think Wilhelm was competitive enough that he would. Coach he, Beard liked to hit people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he yeah. liked. Reidenbach liked to get physical. Yeah. So that you know, I think that that was a a big, a big loss too. But that happens. You know, people get hurt. We lose people for the season, and and that happens. And we just haven't haven't done well at that four spot. I don't think. And then of course. Point guard's a tough one. You know, we, we probably need a little more of a distributor at times. And, and I'm not saying Verge can't do some good things because he does have some talent. But we've always had scoring point guards here um, with Cam Mack and, and those guys. And it's just it'd be nice to have a, a, a point guard that is a little more of a floor general, a little more of a distributor first and then maybe, you know, can score when you need him to. As a guy who is goes, truly selfless. I don't think there's any guys on this team that are truly selfless. There's guys that aren't necessarily selfish. But I, I, when I watch this team play, I don't see a guy who doesn't care about the, the box score, doesn't care, only cares about the win. There's not guys like that. And that's the problem with this team is they have more talent than being winless in the Big Ten. I'm not saying that they have enough talent to go compete to be in the top half of the Big Ten, but they have a lot more talent than a team that is currently winless in the Big Ten. It comes down to the guys not wanting to win enough. It's the guys not doing the things they need to do to win, and I'm not sure if that comes from the coaching. I'm not sure if it's just the guys here aren't right. Something is completely wrong, but it it just whenever you watch these games, this does not look like a team that truly, truly cares about winning. Yeah, I, I agree. You you look at you watch Michigan for the first three quarters of that game. You watch Rutgers, and you sit there and say, "We're playing hard. This team can play with people." Now I don't know if they have the belief to finish a game right now. Um, that's that might be a problem. But there is enough talent to win some of these games, especially especially home games. You got to you got to protect your home court. You've got to win some. Tonight is just tonight's huge in my book. It's just a huge game. It it goes back to. Your player personnel, your talent evaluation, and then the the psyche and, and mental makeup 
What's your personality? What personality are you bringing into I the wanted, locker I room? Wanted to, I wanted to go copy off the Ted Lasso Believe signs and, and just, go hand it out around the court to all the Jack Nicholson seats. And wait, ah. okay, when it's crunch time, all of you stand up and hold your Believe signs out so these guys can see them. And they can just, they've got to look each other in their eye and they and they got to make plays together. Defensive end first and then, and then offensive end executing. We'll wind down this first hour here at the Single Barrel Roadshow Wednesday. Real red tip-off. Coach Jeff Smith, the Hall of Famer, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time here this first hour, single barrel, where we're at a Real Red Tip-Off, Hale Varsity Radio, the Hall of Fame coach, Jeff Smith, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, back at our ESPN studios. We'll hear from Coach Will Bolt and his presser today around 525. We'll try and get caught up with Shuey another time. He's probably either putting for dough or, or doing a lesson out at Wilderness Ridge, so we, we appreciate his time. But this is good news. ESPN, their networks, and... The streaming platform has committed to cover more than 200 games across the networks with an additional additional 2,000 games on their digital platform. The uh, TV lineup's going to have a lot of top 25 setups. And remember back in the day, the, the Jabba years, man, uh, and we'll get Jabba on for some of our baseball coverage uh, this year with Nebraska. But uh, remember, like it was yesterday, where big ESPN, ESPN, ESPN would have, this was back in the Big 12, but they, they were always really good about televising Nebraska-Texas. And I remember that game uh, at, at Haymarket as I was like, hey, dear, can I go watch Nebraska baseball? She's like, no, it's Friday night. You're taking me to dinner. <laughs> so I, uh, I picked a restaurant that was so slammed that we had to sit in the bar for a while, and I had to watch the first few innings of Nebraska baseball as Jabba was going to work on Bevo. That was that was really cool. But, man, that brings back memories. A BTN always does a good job of obviously covering the Nebraska baseball, but uh, Coach Bolt's going to do it the right way, has done it the right way, and really excited. And you get some guys – to develop into you know just a, a killer weekend rotation could be really nice we'll hear uh, more from will bolt coming up elijah what's your umpire schedule and look like man where where are you at here uh all around lincoln uh so the class well they, they use sherman field less than they used to uh, there was a whole issue with uh, the high schools uh, in Sherman not reaching an agreement for uh, for playing games out there. So there's a lot of games at Dinsmore this year, which is a brutal so drive from here at the station. You so just you you just have. I think they're playing more at Hartog since they yeah, put turf too. on that yeah, artificial that turf on that too. So I'm Sherman's all over. Kind of a Sherman's a classic though, man. It is. Love yeah, Sherman. it is. Uh, but I, I don't know. It seems weird after all that money they put into it. What about ten years ago now? Uh, to, to renovate it, get it looking nice, and now the high school's going out to Dinsmore, which just does not have the same feel to it. Uh, worse seating uh, arrangements out there, but it all comes down to money, and I guess this is more economical for the high schools to, to go to work out there. Before we get out of here, one similar thing to what you just said about ESPN and their announcement with college baseball, they've also announced they're extending the Manning cast for another year for tw- till 2024, yes. and they're going to have similar style productions for college football, golf, and UFC similar uh, Manning so, cast style productions, not necessarily with the Mannings, but 
So it's more of a, a talk show while a game's going yes. on. Mm-hmm. I wonder what the ratings difference were between the Manning cast and the regular cast because everybody I talked to, don't, they didn't, don't they, tell didn't watch the, they didn't watch the regular one anymore. Well, it, it depended if your team was in the game. The Manning cast wasn't it because then it was – they were just talking about some of the other rated things not compared yeah. to the games. But, like, whenever it's two teams I didn't care about, you, I was turning on the Manning cast ten times out of ten. They made it fun. Yep. They're pretty good, and Peyton loves to be Peyton on camera. And Eli, you know, Eli needs to do a series of, of 80s concert T-shirts. Forget this collared shirt. Eli's a tank top and Def Leppard guy. And we, we, uh, need a, we need a Michael Jordan, Carl Malone cast on NBA games. Oh, oh wow. Or something. Yeah. Give me Rodman. <laughs> give, me, give me Rodman. Rodman and Jordan. That, that'd be all right. Rodman and Pippen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no one would speak. <laughs> Hour two coming up. Andy Markowski on the way. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity. Dot com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back with you, Tower 2. On the road today, a road show Wednesday here at the Single Barrel inside the Graduate, heading down to Nebraska, Minnesota. Uh, they have 250 whiskeys to choose from. You may need it tonight uh, in celebration. Uh, couldn't Tonight could be the night as the Huskers and Gophers set to go on BTN. We welcome in standout Husker and assistant over at Pius, Sandy Markowski, with us at Markowski underscore Andy on Twitter. Andy, what do you know? Uh, how's the week been? Thanks for the time. Yeah, going going fast. Uh, you know, the women had a kind of run of games. Pius played last night. Looking forward to, uh, you know, seeing if the men can uh, you know, represent a little bit better than they did on Alumni uh, Saturday. Yeah, I want to go to Saturday. Forgive me on that, but uh, you're a proud alum, part of many tournament teams at Nebraska. And uh, were you on hand for Saturday? Let me ask you that first. Yeah, I was. I uh, I was like uh, the majority of the fans, though. I I, I could not sit and, and watch the finish, so I uh, I made it to the under eight minute timeout, and just uh, my son and I uh, had to had to exit uh, gracefully and. You know, like most fans were, um, just you know, disappointed in in their uh, their effort against you know a team that that certainly by record and, and standing in the league they should certainly be competitive with at home. How many games have you left early in your lifetime, going from from player now to to fan and supporter of the program? Have you left early many times? You know, I. Uh, 
It's not a lot, you know, unless you're trying to, 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 to race out to catch something. You know, normally I'm, I'm at an athletic event to, to see the conclusion, right? I mean, that's why people should go and, and they keep score for a reason, right? You want to you see the, the outcome of the game. But, um, you know, like, like I said, it was, um, you know, just disappointing on, on a lot of levels. And I, you know, I can't fault uh, for the fans for, for, for checking out a, a little early on on uh, you know just the overall effort of the team so the next question were you surprised with with what transpired we've seen efforts like that before uh but you you'd think it'd, it'd get out of the out of the players system and you know fred's Andy, Fred's taken so many uh, people are out of arrows <laughs> around uh, around Lincoln and Omaha and, and around the state that love Nebraska basketball. Fred has been beaten like a pinata this week on social media and his own radio show. Uh, press uh, is is questioning a lot of things and it's already been a, a tough season, but that was that was kind of a new low. And you thought you'd said that or seen that already this year? Do you have, from a from a coaching and a playing standpoint perspective, uh, uh, a reason or an answer as to why Saturday happened? Well, that that was my concern. Uh, you know, a month ago when when they weren't playing very well, um, you know, I, I get it. it. It's a grind. It's it, it's it's long. Uh, you have to win. You you know, there there has to be. You know, optimism, you know, you, you as a coach, you need to uh, you know, get kids to buy in, right? So so when you're telling them that, hey, if we play this way, it gives us, you know, the best chance to win. And then when you don't win, right, that's kind of a, a compounding feeling. And and my, my fear uh, was if, if they don't start winning, are they, you know, all of them, coaches, head coaches, players, you know, vested enough in Nebraska and, you know, hey, we're going to lay a foundation for the future. This is going to be a rough year, but we get everybody back next year. I mean, there's always got to be something that you're you're hanging your hat on. And, and, and my fear with this group is that they're not as invested as, as maybe what they should be. Maybe, you know, they have one foot out the door where they're just going to be here a year and, and you know, the in on their, their chest doesn't, mean as much as maybe it means to some other kids or other years or other athletes in other sports. And when you lose, you know, that, that stuff makes it easier to just kind of check out, you know, is it the season over yet? You know, we have a month left. They start to count down the games and, and, you know, Saturday, you know, hopefully it's not a precursor to what the next, you know, four or five, six games are, are going to look like. Um, but, but certainly up, up to that point, they had been more competitive, especially at home. Um, and they've been outmatched in a, in a few games by really good teams. I mean, you know, you play Auburn and Purdue, and, you know, that's the tip of the spear. I mean, those teams are going to compete for national titles, and to get blew out by them, it's not, you know, you're not happy about it, but you understand it. I mean, to get embarrassed at home to Northwestern, you know, my, my question is, do, do people have a foot out the door? And, you know, I, I think you're going to know more, you know, if that's the case tonight. Andy Markowski's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, Oscar Basketball Standout and uh, assistant at Pius, uh, proud alum, uh, looking forward to uh, Nebraska-Minnesota. We'll get there in a minute. As you look at Fred's system, uh, that's been questioned, uh, his style, 
to me, Fred Fred knows offense. Fred's proven that, either be it a playoff run or a NCAA tournament run. Uh, with what he wants to do offensively, is it sound? And, I mean, it comes down to, to coaching and execution, meshing, obviously. But uh, to me, with, with Fred's system, it can work, and we've seen it work in spurts. But I don't know that, that it gets executed or, or guys avoid the temptation to go rogue. Uh, is they, they don't pass that chance up as often as maybe they should. What's your take on Fred's system and offense? I mean, do you think it – yes, it should be working, but do you think it can work uh, now in college ball compared to when he was last in college basketball? Yeah, and he's changed a lot. I, I don't I don't buy into, you know, that, that Fred doesn't understand the game or the college game has passed him up. I, I, I think some of that's – a little irresponsible in, in terms of reporting. I mean, that, that, that staff knows basketball. Now, you know, do they have the right pieces, right? Do they have the right point guard that can, can, can help run it? Do they have enough size to compete in the Big Ten? Are they, you know, getting a basket's hard in, in college basketball if your players aren't as good or as tough or as strong as the team that you're, you're playing against. And, you know, I, I think the biggest surprise I had was, I thought maybe they're a little more talented than, than they are. Um, certainly their lack of physicality has really shown itself. Um, you know, Walker probably needs to be a four. He's a five. Um, you know, McGowan's is 170 pounds. I mean, Burge is 160 pounds. Like, like the level of, of kid that they have recruited, um, you know, in, in certain Big Ten games have, have just been physically you know, dominated and, and loose balls and, and 50-50 and rebounding. And, you know, you look at all those stats, um, you know, effort can come into question a little bit, but I, I just think how the, the physicality of the roster that was built isn't probably built to win in the Big Ten. Now it goes back to, you know, the staff and Coach Hoiberg is responsible for that. I mean, you're, you're paid $5 million to, to recruit and, and, and recruit the right type of kid that can, A, run your system – and win in a conference. There should be no surprises what it takes to win in the Big Ten. And, you know, I, I think there's a disconnect with, with all of that. But to, to sit there and say that, you know, Coach Hoiberg or his staff or Doc Sadler, uh, that, that none of them know basketball or the game has passed him out I, or passed him by, I don't, I don't believe that. Um, but their ability to relate to this team and get this team to play the way they need to play to win and or recruit the right players to win in the Big Ten that can come into question because they're, this is year three and, and they don't appear to me that they haven't quite figured out on, on what type of kids they need uh, to, to physically win in what is a very physical, uh, well-coached, uh, hard-to-win-on-the-road, 20-game conference season. Those aren't easy things to do, and you have to have the right mindset as, as an athlete, and it's their job to recruit that kid into the program to be successful. And you know, uh, As of year three, they, they have not done that. Andy Markowski is with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Andy, uh, th- they've tried to adjust, I would assume, in Big Ten play each year they've been in league. Uh, and the kids they've gone after have been portal guys. I mean, they've, they've been and, and loaded up with a lot of guys that have been to a school or two. And, and then you, you accumulate the, the, the five-star in Bryce uh, that is uber-talented, but... You know, you shouldn't rely even as, as 
many times as you've seen it in college basketball, that, that five-star that comes in and, and raises the program level, uh, it's, still a, it's still a really tough ask, specifically in this league where it's the Michigan States and Wisconsins and Purdue's that uh, reload, but they've always got somebody waiting in the wings that have been in their program for a year or two before they're asked to be the star. Uh, it, it just it, There's just a disconnect. I think you nailed it. And does does that change tonight? How are you feeling about Nebraska, Minnesota? I know the uh, the Gophers do wonderful work taking care of the basketball. They're good at three shoot three point shooting. They're also good at defending the three. Uh, that's kind of their their setup. Uh, despite not not a great offense, uh, what happens tonight? What do you think needs to happen tonight for Nebraska? Well, I, I I look at Minnesota and you know, and, and this is the the question I think a lot of fans have and the frustration. You know, Ben Johnson, this is his first year. You know, he took six or seven you know transfers out of the portal, um, and 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 has built a competitive team. You know, I, I think they're right at five hundred. But you know, right now Nebraska fans would would take that. I mean, they've been competitive. You know, night in and night out, they, you know, they, they, they appear to care and, and, and play hard. They, the amount of blowouts that, that Minnesota has had is, is very few. You know, so you look at Coach Hoiberg and the staff that, that did it the same way, right, through the portal and a lot of transfers. You know, why hasn't it worked for them? And, and yet Ben Johnson in year one has more, uh, more competitive team. And, you know, I think that's why, you know, the arrows are, are flying at Coach Hoiberg a little bit is, you know, there's not a lot of answers to those questions. So I, I think we're going to learn a lot, you know, tonight. I, I, if I was a betting man, I, I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't bet. I, I have no idea where this Nebraska team is at mentally. Um, you know, once again, I thought post-Christmas they have been better. Uh, shot selection has been better. Uh, accountability has been better from the coaching staff to the player on, on what he needed them to do to, to be successful. And, 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 you know, then the post-game quotes is that they just gave poor effort weren't ready to play and I just don't know how that happens as as an athlete you know if I'm playing you know dice or monopoly or uh, you know uno with my kids I'm playing to win and you know you're in a college game on a on a Saturday afternoon on alumni weekend and when you fail to show up um, that tells me that that they're not ready or they want the year to go away and you know tonight you know, we'll, we'll learn more, but but my guess is, you know, you're going to see a team that's going to struggle to to win at home against a you know marginally talented Minnesota team. Andy, is is it too late to to change your personality as a coach or as an assistant? I mean, I'm not at practices, but can you get on kids uh, like you need to to? To get them to care, I mean that's supposed to be like baseline, isn't it? I mean, how do you, is there a concern about from a personality standpoint, guys not being able to be coached hard on this squad? Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's hard to to you know come midstream and and really you know what's losing starts to to come in play. You know, hold them to a standard that maybe you didn't hold them to in in August. Um, you know. I don't want to use a gun analogy. I don't want to offend anybody, but I was always taught, you know, you only have five or six bullets in your, in your gun to fire at a team, you know, because it reaches a point where they're just not going to respond. You know, when you implode, you blow up, you know, throw stuff, break a clipboard, kick them out of the locker room. You know, there's always so many things coaches can do. 
And if Fred hasn't fired all those bullets by now, I don't know what he's waiting for, right? Because this team has been a disappointment from the start. So I, I don't believe there's much they can do from a, you know, let's get harder. You know, the bench is, is what it is, right? It's been depleted a little bit with some injury. So, you know, sitting a kid down and, and, and take playing time from him still the best motivator you have as a coach. They, they lack depth to now, to now do that. Um, so I think you are who you are, Chris. Um, you know, if, if, if the kids want to be there, if they want to compete, if they want to represent, uh, you know, for, for the university and for their teammates, you know, tonight would be a great, a great start for that. Um, if not, you know, I, I think you have to start inventorying well, what, what kids, you know, you want around your program that are, are here for the right reasons and are going to represent Nebraska in the right way. And that's just go out and, and compete and play hard for each other. I don't think our fans are asking this to be an Elite Eight team. They, they just want a product on, on the court that they can – you know, that, that mirrors kind of the image of Nebraska people, which are hardworking, play together, you know, be connected. And, and this group just hasn't, hasn't been able to do that. Andy, last thought, bud. Um, is this as bad and mad as you've seen the, the men's fan base towards Nebraska basketball? Well, I think it's a new normal, Chris. I, I don't. I think Coach Hoiberg cares. You know, I don't think he needs to be told on his radio show that he should be fired. I, I think there's a, a Twitter sensation to to uh, humanity that that probably needs to, to slow down a little bit. I, I think he's aware that people are upset and disappointed, and you know, I think the media is doing a good job of of capturing that sentiment. So, uh, you know, I, I was a little, um, you know, as a former player, and some of that, you know, hurts when the program loses. I, I don't think anybody needs to to hear that. Um, but yeah, I, I think people are, you know, the expectation level got high, you know, got higher than it's been. And, and, you know, this team has, has performed well under that. And, you know, I think when that happens on top of the football team struggling, you know, there's just been a lot of compounding, you know, factors. And, you know, when you pay somebody millions and millions of dollars, you know, you, you're going to expect a return on that investment. And, you know, as of, Year three, you know, Coach Hoiberg and the staff just haven't been able to deliver a product that, that makes Nebraska sprout. Eddie, have a good week. Thanks for uh, your time and your candor, bud. We'll catch up soon and, and take care. Thanks for the time, bud. All right. Thanks, Smitty. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com. Just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, single Barrel, where we're at here, real red tip-off ahead of Nebraska-Minnesota. Later ball game tonight, 8 o'clock, the Hall of Fame coach Jeff Smith, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal will get coach's Super Bowl prediction while we got him. Uh, before the show ends, uh, good stuff from Eddie Markowski. A lot of basketball today. I know many of you are uh, tapped out, checked out on Husker Hoops. But if it's going to happen, tonight's the night. And uh, before we hear from Will Bolt and some Husker baseball coach Smith, some keys, some thoughts tonight here. I know you're uh, 
you're always scouting Big Red basketball from your time on the uh, the bench next to Coach Nee. Yes, I will never quit on Nebraska basketball. God it's, love it's you. It's ingrained, but it, some of these are pretty basic. But it starts with what Andy was talking about: intensity and effort. It's got to be. We we have to see that right off the bat. I think it's crucial for our confidence that we get off to a great start the first five minutes, put a little doubt in their mind, and gain some confidence early. I think that's huge. I think our our transition defense has to be better. We have to get matched to shooters early, and because they shoot the ball well, their top three scorers are guards, um, and they they're the only three scorers in double figure. They're their best three point shooters. So we've, it's going to be a perimeter defensive effort tonight that's going to win this game. That scares me. It, it does, but you've got to challenge. Bryce and you've got to challenge Alonzo and you, they have to guard people and they can't screw up switches. Communication has to be excellent. We have to get matched up and, and it starts with transition and getting matched up early. That's going to be huge tonight. Um, we have to be able to guard one-on-one better than we have. We can't give up a lot of penetration and have to rotate and help and we have to we have to limit those defensive rotations and stay matched up and that's where I say it'd be nice to just guard. You're guarding him, you're guarding him and, and stay matched up if we could. Obviously, rebounding's huge. They're a pretty good rebounding team, and we just can't get out-rebounded by 10 or 12 offensive rebounds. Um, it's killing us, and, and everybody knows that by watching that. Um, and then offensively, I want to see the ball in the air. I don't want to see it pounded all the time. we gotta, we got we to gotta be harder to guard by pa- – and you, you can see when Nebraska passes the ball, they get, they get pretty efficient offensively because then it creates drives later, and I hope Walker stays involved. We kind of remember that we want to get him the ball because he's shooting 68%. I think that needs to happen tonight too. I think we've got to use timeouts. I think he's got to use timeouts early if he has to. I think he's got to use timeouts in those situations where we're up six with – with three minutes to go and they score timeout okay this is what we want you're going to have to you might have to coach this timeout to timeout um, and then they'll take some that'll help you too but you got to tell this team right now this is what we want right now if you can't do it you're you, you're, you're off the floor and you got to find the guys that are going to execute down the stretch so we match up well and we got to we got to get to those matchups we got to I would take those two top scorers out of the game. They've they've made a hundred of a hundred and fifty of their team threes. Those two guys. It's a number. We're talking Jamison Battle and and Peyton Willis, their guard, two of their guards. So you've got to take them out of the game and and a limp, and that's what Iowa did. They battled was like 0 for ten from the three point line because they just didn't let him get open looks. So I think we should look at that game plan and and, and follow that a little bit. Um, and then we could change starters tonight to get better matchups against them. Um, and again, I wouldn't be afri- afraid to play some triangle and two or just totally face guard those two guards and, and, and do the old Tim Floyd face guard trick. Um, and, and then we have to – they shoot 6% better than we do from the three-point line, 36 compared to 30 as a team. So we've got to take away those threes, and I, I think we'll have a chance to win the game tonight. But it all comes down to start, starting with effort and intensity and focus. Jeff Smith, Hall of Fame coach, Nebraska assistant, uh, also longtime man at Lincoln Southeast, Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow, real red tip-off here at the single barrel. So you're headed down. You need dinner. You need a steak. You need a pork chop. You need a burger. You need a whiskey or beer or just some lemonade. Uh, single barrel. I want to see you down here and uh, get uh, get some grub before you head to PBA or whatever your Wednesday night plan is. So uh, let's hear from Will Bolt, expectations for Nebraska baseball. And uh, the Big Red are, are kind of thinking regional or bust. Uh, they are uh, one of the favorites in the Big Ten. And last year was magic, uh, 20 games over 500. What could have been in Fayetteville. You were proud as a Nebraska fan with 
all Nebraska baseball did. But here is uh, Will Bolt on the season goals from a little earlier today. Um, just having a chance to host a regional, um, being in position to, to play home games. I think that's pretty well documented that that's the um, – most desirable route to get to Omaha to get to the World Series is to play play at home and um, you know with the crowds that we have the facility that we have you know we feel like we have a pretty good home field advantage so there's we got a long way to go you know this year to start that journey uh, but year in and year out I think you just put yourself in position to play well enough and consistently enough and it starts at the beginning of the year and not you know giving games away that you feel like you you know um, not easing into it. I mean, you just you've got to you've got to go in head first and have the best chance of getting your pitching lined up, the the lineup, the guys you feel like you can count on. I, I do feel like last year playing the conference only schedule uh, made us get to that point maybe a little bit sooner. Uh, but just having that urgency to to do that day in and day out to give us a shot to win enough games to host a regional. I think that's the next step is to get back to that point where you're at least in the conversation every year is to using our great facility for postseason games. It's Will Bolt uh, and uh, Nebraska baseball. Uh, they're excited to get after it. They've had outdoor practice. They'll be uh, in action a week from Friday. So those are the goals. Now let's hear from Will Bolt when it comes to his expectations. What do you expect from the team this year? You know, you're going to see some guys that have taken a step forward that, that are returners. We've already spoken about Griff, and I think there's some other guys in there that are um, much improved offensively. Um, we got a, a lot of freshmen that came in, and again, the thing I always look to is like, you can pretty easily tell right away if a guy belongs just can he get to a good velocity without cheating to it and we've got several guys that, that fit that mold so we hit more home runs this fall I think than I th than any of us thought we would um, I don't know if that's necessarily a trend I mean we've seen it a little bit this spring too um, I know it's hard to tell sometimes in the indoor it's always a, a debate um, <laughs> the exit velocity and the, the launch angle does it add up like is it a home run or a double but um, I think we're going to impact the ball. I think we're going to be um, pretty balanced in terms of, you know, being diverse. Um, so, yeah, I think that, that we're going to have a chance to, to have a solid offense top to bottom. I don't think there's any easy outs in there. And I think kind of the trend you'll see is most of the guys that we roll out there are going to have a chance to impact the ball. So, um, that's always a good feeling to have that if the pitcher makes a mistake, you can make him pay with an extra base hit. That will bolt uh, on the expectations, a little more power. Elijah, Coach Smith, uh, Nebraska has some arms that we've seen, but you need kind of a new group of dudes to step up and, and be some rock stars on Friday night, on, on Sunday. And here is Coach Bolt specifically on, on that rotation, how it's coming together with, with uh, Perry and company. We've had multiple live outings now for our pitchers, so um, there's you know we need four starters the first weekend uh, with the four game series. So I think there's there's probably a couple of guys maybe that have been more consistent than others um, in that position in particular. Um, we also have to look at the best way our pitching staff sets up. So we have some guys that maybe could certainly be a starter. Um, 
but maybe the team needs him to be out of the pen, and that, that kind of helps line up the pitching a little bit easier. So, um, you know, we're starting to pare that down a little bit. This will be the last. Uh, we'll scrimmage Thursday, Friday, Saturday this week, and two of those will be outdoors. We've only uh, had the Saturday scrimmage the last two weeks outside. So we've only seen a certain set of pitchers that have been able to get outside and throw on the mound, which that makes a difference too. Um, so we'll see a little bit different set of guys this week that will be able to pitch outside and compete um, in a different set. So um, I would anticipate having that nailed down after this weekend. Last thought here from Will Bolt. We'll get some uh, some thoughts from me and Coach Smith and Elijah here on, on what we've heard from Coach Bolt. But Rob Childress, Rob, one of my favorite just coaches ever at Nebraska, what he did, his development, incredible run at A&M, and him and his hunting dogs are back in the 402, which is a good thing. He's he's the best of the best. I mean, I I'm super thankful that he's here um, for not only me but our entire coaching staff. His wisdom, his knowledge, he the things he's seen. Um, he just is it's invaluable for us to, for him to be at practice and be able to say hey did you notice this you know in practice or him to put his arm around a guy you know that maybe needs a boost of confidence that um you know just just that mentor role and and he's not only mentoring the players but the coaches too i mean he's been all of our mentors at one point or another and that that's just continued so he just brings a um a great mindset to the team, to the field, the toughness part that we're seeking to be all about. You know, he's lived it for years and years and years. So um, he, he brings a, an unbelievable dynamic to our staff. That is Coach Will Bolt. He's fired up about his team. Very measured, even keel, but uh, a killer competitor. Elijah, uh, should be another fun year for baseball. Coach Smith, I know you get out to some ball when you when you get a chance, when you're done uh, punting for dough, bud. <laughs> and uh, how about the Nebraska fans? You want to talk about starved and hungry? We say that all the time. If you're hungry and starved, get to single barrel. But uh, Nebraska fans mm-hmm. got out in droves to uh, to get all the reserve seating snatched up today. That's, that's incredible. And uh, this thing's uh, about to boil over with something good needing to happen. You see it in Husker women's basketball. You uh, saw it last year with Husker baseball. Uh, Basketball's been uh, tough, the men. And then the Husker football season has been draining based on how close you were to being an eight-win football team. And you finished three and nine. But there's some optimism with the, the way things closed recruiting and then a number of the assistance you got with the changes. So all in all, all right, Will, you got the whole state <laughs> wanting, wanting a regional. You, imagine that scene here. If we get to May and Nebraska's a, a national seed and they're hosting, again, cart before the, host, but, uh, the, before the horse, but uh, it's not like he can't coach up and deliver. He's, he's pretty special. Yeah, the other thing I love about with Childress, I mean, how nice would that be to have your mentor back on your staff helping you and, and a great pitching coach and oversee everything. Um, but those two guys obviously love Nebraska and they know what Nebraska baseball is and has been. And, you know, they came in and, and really grabbed Nebraska kids back, you know, to come into the program. Yes. They got captains that are Nebraska kids that are also talented. Um, they're, they're doing things the right way. They're confident. I love it that they're setting their goals that high because um, they know it can happen here. And obviously you need great pitching. And if they're hitting, if they have a little more power, that's kind of exciting. 
Um, but you lose a guy like Schwellenbach and those guys, you, you never know. And that's what he means by starting the journey. It's going to take a while to figure out um, if they can fill that, that Schwellenbach role and those other roles that they lost because they, they definitely lost some talent. But I love the optimism. Um, and I'm, I'm like you. I, you hitting outdoors is different than indoors. It they is. can get outside and hit. They can get outside and catch pop flies. That's a big advantage um, um, for, the, you know, for the teams up north a little bit. Coach Jeff Smith and uh, Chris Schmidt along with Elijah Herbal at the single barrel of Jack Doc on the way. Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Time for a Jock Doc Wednesday, Nebraska Orthopedic Center. Dr. Brandon Seifert's with us. Dr. Brandon, how's that three-point jumper? Yeah, it's looking good. Yeah, I've been working on uh, coaching the kids' as teams, and I've uh, been working on my three ball. And no, it actually looks terrible. <laughs> just, just continue to uh, to paint the rosy picture of, yeah, man, great art, good rotation. Uh, it was, it was an open three. I mean, <laughs> just keep selling me uh, a guy that will not be taking threes for a while. With uh, with Washington is Bradley Beal. Uh, pretty elite score, big-time talent in the Eastern Conference. But he is done for a while. Dr. Brandon, take us through this uh, this procedure. What's wrong with Beal? Yeah, so yeah, definitely a, more of a unique uh, injury, uh, especially kind of in, from an isolated perspective. Um, so they've been actually pretty forthcoming about some of the information about what injury he has. And so I'll kind of walk through a little bit of the anatomy with this. So basically the injury is in his wrist. And if you think about the wrist joint itself, there's basically kind of multiple small bones that make up the wrist joint. They're called carpal bones. Um, But what happens here is the back row of those on the thumb side, there's a bone at the end of that thumb called the scaphoid. And then right next to that's called the lunate. And what happens is those two are kind of main supporting structures on that kind of thumb side of the wrist. And there's a really strong ligament that connects those two. And so what's happened here is he has basically stretched or torn that ligament enough so that he's starting to have quite a bit of instability between those two bones, which we call the scaphoid and the lunate. So it's called the scapholuna ligament. Uh, but the big issue there is, you know, again, the main supporting structure in the wrist, pretty uncommon to have that injury without, you know, having a, you know, a fracture somewhere else. Or this honestly is something we see more with uh, really kind of higher level trauma, like car accident trauma, you know, fall from a pretty significant height. Um, so kind of interesting that uh, a basketball player has this. The Scafa Luna fracture. And remember, wasn't that long ago was in, in your guys's office. And I ended up uh, due to a, a car accident, had uh, a little bone in my wrist, kind of below my thumb. Uh, that was, was a hairline deal that obviously didn't need uh, uh, surgery, but 
there was pain <laughs> for you know it wasn't yeah. it wasn't yeah. quite a normal uh, thumbs up type uh, type day, but you guys were awesome with it. <laughs> I look at Beal's situation, and you know you get to the level he's at, you're able to use both hands, go both ways. But uh, this is pretty significant when it comes to procedure here. How do you guys go about your business here with the fix and the blood flow and uh, just kind of getting back to normal? Uh, they they did. 10, 10, almost two weeks, Beal did pretty intensive therapy and rehab before the decision to go do surgery. Is that common? And let's talk about the fix itself with the surgery. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting here as you look at that. Again, most of the time when we see these type of ligament injuries in the wrist, it's you know, very high-level trauma. So usually at that point, and usually, again, it's typically not occurring in you know, professional athletes. And so usually in that situation, it's putting in a cast immobilizing it and then kind of following it along to watch kind of what that uh, stability of those two bones are going to do. But to take somebody like him, who it doesn't sound like they did a lot of immobilization, almost they started into a rehab program right away um, is, is a really a pretty aggressive approach to it. Reasonable, especially professional athlete, you're kind of venturing down an area that's not a common injury for professional athletes. Um, And so they started to rehab this right away. And my assumption here is just that there's enough, I don't want to say subtle, but there's enough instability that's there that, you know, potentially if they were just doing rehab, they may not have seen a lot of changes on the x-ray. Usually on the x-ray, if there's a, you know, complete tear in this area, you'll see those two bones separate out pretty significantly. Um, And so my guess is on x-ray, there wasn't a whole lot of separation there. And that's probably why they rehabbed him initially. And then he probably is just clinically and functionally feeling like there's, you know, some significant instability there. And that's, that would be what's led them down this pathway to consider surgery. Um, you know, from a surgical perspective, there's all kinds of, you know, different ways of, of going about this uh, for a high level professional athlete like him. Um, what they'll end up having to use are these new kind of little fancy little anchors that we little screws we put down to the bone that has kind of some suturing material associated with it. Um, if he has enough kind of ligamentous tissue left then you can actually sew and repair into that. Uh, but this tissue sometimes is not great. It can be pretty thin. Um, doesn't tend to hold suture all that well. And so you might have to do some kind of like suture ligamentous type of reconstruction with this would be what I'm assuming they're going to go after. Dr. Brandon Seifert with us. Uh, and it is Nebraska Orthopedic Center, a jock doc Wednesday. Dr. Brandon, let's talk recovery here. And what's the timeline here for, for Bradley Beal? Uh, gone for the season, maybe back for the playoffs, assuming uh, Washington gets there. What's, uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so in this setting, um, recovery-wise, so obviously he's going to be you know out the rest of the season. Um, probably looking at about somewhere between, I would say, five to six months for kind of a full return to play. Um, could be a little shorter than that. Just depends on how aggressive they are with his range of motion early on. Uh, but I would assume they would not be doing any, you know, significant contact for him for a good four to six months. Getting all of your mobility back, kind of the touch on the ball, the feel for the ball, uh, that's going to take a while. That could be a good eight or nine months to kind of feel like you have that dexterity back, you have the range of motion back, and just kind of have the control on that wrist that, you know, you once had to be at that level that he plays at. Dr. Brandon, let's uh, get a thought, too, with just re-injury. You have uh, intervention done here on this wrist, Scafa Luna uh, region that is repaired. You know, what? what's what's the likelihood for re-injury if, if he takes a hard fall going to the rim or even goes to the rim that, to try and hammer one home? 
I mean, basketball's a pretty physical sport. What are your thoughts here on, on re-injuring it, and uh, how likely is that? Yeah, you know, early in the game, uh, kind of early in the rehab process, you know, definitely uh, more likely. Um, again, just because the, the tissue here, even though it's a you know, strong, robust ligament initially when you have the big tear, again, there's not a lot of great tissue to repair back. And so tissue is pretty fragile. The repair is pretty fragile early on. So if they're too aggressive on his rehab or he doesn't follow the protocol closely, he can re-injure it kind of initially. But usually what happens is over time is you do develop a lot of scar tissue in this area. The risk gets pretty stiff. And so as he gets down the road, I think that kind of re-injury risk is – is going to be close to what it would be in a regular athlete. Um, he's probably going to end up battling more stiffness than he will, kind of instability. Um, the other issue you worry about here long-term, having enough trauma to lead to you know this kind of ligament tear is definitely going to set him up for some arthritis down the road, uh, which you know, probably won't impact his basketball coach, but obviously post-basketball mm-hmm. could be an issue. Dr. Brandon, trade deadlines Thursday. Is this type of injury – Gonna gonna ward off suitors. I know Beal wants to be a, a wizard for life, but he's still a pretty good ball player. And if they're rebuild mode, uh, is this injury gonna gonna preclude him from being a, a a hot item for another team to take on for next season? I don't think so. No, I, I don't think they'll. I don't think it'll be a huge factor in that. Um, I think honestly, I think he'll come back and he'll play well. Um, and even even next season, I think he'll be able to play pretty well for that too. I don't think he'll be super super behind the curve next year. I think he can come out and be a pretty good player almost right away next year. Dr. Brandon Seinfeld with us, Nebraska Orthopedic Center, a Jock Doc Wednesday. Dr. Brandon, have a good rest of your week. Thanks for the time. All right, buddy. Take care. Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe promo code gbr miss us come here brother give me a hug bring it in for the real thing we're on call for you catch the podcast at hailvarsity.com the espn lincoln app or download them on itunes saddle up partner back to hail varsity radio one final time, Road Show Wednesday, Real Red Tip-Off, Nebraska, Minnesota, coming up at 8 here at the Single Barrel. Chris Schmidt, Jeff Smith, the Hall of Fame coach, Elijah Herbel, and uh, good stuff for Mike Babcock and Andy Markowski. Today, tomorrow on the show, we inch closer to Super Bowl. Sunday, our favorite Husker sideline man and NFLer, Jeremiah Searles, with us. Coach Barnett checks in. Uh, we'll hear from Brandon Vogel. And, of course, Danny Burke with all your Super Bowl prop bets. And then how about a Bengal that uh, is uh, through and through? Dave Remington uh, will be with us. So that is incredible. More Huskers in the Super Bowl week with Sam Cooke and uh, Russ Hochstein on uh, on Friday. And we may uh, wrangle the Pride of Fairbury out of Beijing for uh, for another radio hit. So Coach Smith wants to get involved here with this steak and beer bet that we have going on elijah and uh coach smith's going to call the super bowl shot 
I can do a separate side bet with you, Elijah, for Friday. Uh, but we need to, to make our, our predictions for Nebraska basketball minus one. <laughs> They're underdogged at home. One and a half. One, okay, sorry, one and a half. Yeah. Um, give me Nebraska just when – just when you think they're they're ready to absolutely abandon winning, uh, they surprise you. I think they get it done tonight. Call me crazy. I've only sipped a little bit of Guinness. I've not dove into the pool of Guinness yet. So uh, I'm going to say Nebraska. Elijah, you got a quick thought for tonight? Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm staying the hell away from Nebraska. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. Uh, I'm going to take Minnesota. But let's uh, Nebraska keeps it somewhat close. Uh, let's say Minnesota by six. So you're not going double digit on me. <laughs> Coach, what do you think? I, I know I'm crazy. Well, I am, you know I am, basketball. I am optimistic. I think we match up really well. They have to be embarrassed and desperate, and they have to have some pride tonight. So I'm going to take them by two. Minnesota averages 68, but we're going to shut their guards down. So we're going 65-63. Huskers. I think first team to seven. And I will not pick them the rest of the year if they okay. lose this one. Well, that good. <laughs> of course. Of course. This your, is the game. Your take this on, is the game. Okay. Your they take on the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, what Super happens? Bowl. Super Bowl. I'm taking the underdog because just Zach Taylor, there, there's sure. something magical about this run, right? I know LA's defense is fantastic, but Zach Taylor's going to figure it out and get a couple things, get it in Chase's hands a little bit. Joe Burrow. Um, I'm a believer. I, th- I think I, he's incredible. I just think there's. I love the Stafford story too. He finally gets out of. There's too Detroit, much. Fa- there's too much familiarity with uh, McVeigh and. I'm taking. Zach. I'm taking Cincinnati 34-31 in overtime. Okay. Oh, the overtime run continues. Yes. which is good. Yes, it has to. It's, it's Cincinnati's right for sure got those believe posters up in their locker room. Oh, no doubt. They they bring Ted Lasso in for the pregame talk. They're all well. Ted ain't gonna go near him for beating his Chiefs, but. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good, Coach. Appreciate can't, can't you much. Can't beat him. Join him. Thanks Enjoy for having tonight. me on. I love All it. Right. Yeah. We'll see, Coach. Uh, Thanks, Elijah. Friday and Saturday for some high school hoops as well. And uh, Elijah, be good to see him in Yana over on KFOR. Bright and early. That's right. Wake up call tomorrow. Uh, take care. Enjoy Nebraska basketball. I mean that sincerely. And we'll talk to you tomorrow at four with Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. A Huda Media Production.